This podcast is sponsored by Luke1977. If you fancy grabbing yourself any gear from Luke, don't forget to use the code MAX20, which gets you 20% off almost anything over there at Luke. They've just brought out some really nice new clothing, so go and check that out. Really, really worth it. And don't forget to use that code MAX20 for a 20% discount. Hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast. Hope you've all had a very good start to your week. Bit of a different one for us this week, Simon. We're actually in real life, the first podcast where we can see each other. Bit of a strange one. We're currently sat in your living room, Arsenal game on in the background. It's because we are going to the Villa women's game later uh, against Man City in the FA Cup quarterfinals. So, slightly different one, but it's nice to to see your face during the podcast. I was going to say, it just feels weird looking at you. Oh. Yeah, it just feels weird, doesn't it? No, it it feels more weird that we sat on the floor of of the living room. Yeah. well, I don't have a high set setup clearly in my house for, for podcasting, so no. Yeah, so it is sort of a, a makeshift sort of podcast. No, it's good though. It's good. Um, it was a good weekend, wasn't it? Three points, three goals, clean sheet. If you haven't already checked out the Villa on tour video from the game, please go and do that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Just over 51,000 subscribers. The support, as always, is very much appreciated. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to as well. Spotify, Apple, whatever. Please do subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for all the kind words on last podcast as well. Um, obviously, we did a section on online hate and in particular homophobic abuse online. Um, so thank you for all the kind words on that one, Simon. I know you got some uh, nice comments in real life, didn't you? That's always nice. Yeah, there was a, a nice lady at West Ham who came up to me last week and uh, yeah, made some nice comments. And then I was talking to a lady at the under 21 game on Friday night at Bodymore Heath. And um, yeah, she was just, she was great saying you know the great work we're doing on the podcast and just uh spoken in particular about that subject so yeah really appreciate all the all the support it was uh it was yeah really good so coming up in the podcast we will talk all about the Bournemouth game I, do you know what I really love a 3-0 scoreline I don't know what it is it doesn't feel like a battering it just feels like a scoreline where job done clean sheet three goals it was just one of them games wasn't it absolutely easy enough comfortable I felt like we needed it as well I felt like we needed sort of like a comfortable win just to you know calm the sort of tension that we can sort of feel around Villa Park sometimes and I know that didn't come till late in the game yesterday, but overall we sort of dominated the game and I think the, the, the scoreline was was probably right, to be honest with you. But yeah, just nice to get a really comfortable scoreline, not that we're like, like we're hanging on towards the end. So yeah, perfect. It feels like we haven't done that a lot at home, hasn't it? It's nice yeah. to sort of get that nice controlled performance at home because I think that's something that we needed to work on. Obviously, the Palace game was a step in the right direction, but scoring the three goals, it was going the sort of way of the Palace game, wasn't it? Especially with yeah. the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, obviously, with that last 10 minutes, it kind of put us over the line in a 3-0. Absolutely loving it. But before we crack on actually talking about that Bournemouth game, um, the Alvechurch game in the week, me and you <laughs> went to uh, Alvechurch away with the Villa under-21s with the Birmingham Senior Cup quarterfinals. The most ridiculous game. It was 5-5 and it went to penalties, but just what a ridiculous night that was. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I thought they were really unlucky, actually. Like Obviously, I watched the under-21s quite a lot and... Mm. Um, and 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 the, the the team they field in the in the senior cup is usually it's ironic but it's quite youthful um, that they that they field um, and but yeah it's, it's more like an under eighteen yeah it, it was it was sort of like an under eighteen team and yeah they gave it such a good go they they played the best football without a shadow of a doubt and you know Alchurch are not a not a bad side if you if if you look at it I mean they're a massive step up compared to the team they beat in the last 
Ryan Tibbedale. And so um, I thought they were really unlucky. And there were some bizarre refereeing decisions though in that game. <laughs> like the like the penalty. I don't, don't even think the penalty was a penalty. The free kick Elfchurch had when they uh, got one back just for half time. That wasn't even a foul either. And then we had the absolutely absurd decision by the linesman during the penalty shootout. So yeah, it was a mad game, a terrible pitch. It was just like a, a bog, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it was a muddy bog. But yeah, mad game. But I was I was kind of gutted. I was. I thought we played really well, and I I, I would have liked them to have got through to the semis. Really. Yeah, we'll talk about that that penalty shootout. Basically, what happened was Elfchurch had a penalty, it came off the bar, it hit the line, and then came out again. And it's one of them where has it gone over the line has it not the linesman as soon as it goes in the linesman looks at the referee because he doesn't have a clue because we're right behind the goal right next to the linesman me and you are absolutely shouting the linesman because he he, clearly just was not concentrating and ultimately the the Villa youth left that competition it was nowhere near that was the thing though it was nowhere near though (laughs) there was there was actually a video going around on on twitter um and if you look at it, it was nowhere near and Okay, probably made it probably made it harder because the the area in front of the goal line was just literally mud. You couldn't really <laughs> see properly. But it went. It was nowhere near. And yeah, we were giving it proper large to the linesman, weren't we? Because you're right. And I know people think it's only an under twenty one competition, or it's a you know it's not a big importance, but. We were cheating out of that. We should have been in the, in the semi-final of, of, of that competition. It's good for the young players as well to, to yeah. get that experience playing against, you know, sort of senior sort of adult sort of men who just lump the ball at the field. But um, yeah, it was a shame really. But yeah, that linesman, just absolute joke. Right, should we get on talking about the Bournemouth game? So Bournemouth, absolutely horrendous away record. I think they've got one clean sheet in their last 23 Premier League away games. But I wasn't going into it sort of like, okay, yeah, we're going to win today. Partly because of Villa's home record not being incredible this season. We've had tendencies of slipping up. Leicester game at home, pretty similar. You'd expect us to win that. We were leading that game, conceded four. But Bournemouth, last couple of weeks, obviously coming off that win against Liverpool. Week before that, taking Arsenal down to the 97th minute. So someone in my video actually commented in, in the comments section saying, oh, let's all calm down a little bit. It's Bournemouth. But for me, like it's, it's easier said than done, isn't it? You say it a lot. There's no easy games in the Premier League. And look, Bournemouth aren't mugs last couple of weeks. Look at it. So, like we've already talked about, 3-0 win. It, it was it was okay. And Bournemouth, I wasn't expecting going into it. It was going to be as easy as it was. No, there's don't, there's no home bankers in the Premier League at all. I think every single game you come across. Um, I don't I don't think I was fearing it. I thought I did think Villa would win yesterday, mm. but but yeah, it's still not an easy game. Like you say, in regards to like Bournemouth's recent form, it's been pretty good. Like there was a time a few weeks ago when everyone was sort of certain that Bournemouth were going to be relegated yeah. a few weeks ago. Everyone was, everyone was ruling them out. And yet, recent weeks, they've done a lot better. And so they're back in the mix sort of thing. And it's very tight down the bottom of that, that league now when anyone can sort of beat anyone. And so um, it wasn't... I don't think it was an easy game yesterday for Villa, but a game which I probably still expect to win. I was a little bit traumatised from the opening game of the season. Um, I, I sort of made a, a check to it at the start of the Villa on tour video, but just that feels like absolutely years ago, doesn't it? It feels like yeah. a different season, but we know that Bournemouth aren't mugs. But and I was I was slightly, I was happy that Kiefer Moore wasn't playing because he absolutely run us ragged that first game of the season. And that's the prime example is these sides at the bottom, they're going to be fighting. I know that was first game of the season, weird things can happen. But I was still a little bit traumatised from that. The only thing I'd say, though, I think Gary O'Neill plays a different brand of football, though, to be fair, to Scott Parker. And that day on the first game of the season, they sort of bombarded us, didn't they, in the air. Yeah. And um, I think he mixes it up a little bit, Gary O'Neill. I think they still played a lot of long balls yesterday. But it was sort of like tactical long balls, though, where they were trying to catch us, you know, when we had that sort of um, high back line, rather than just absolutely lumping it uh, yeah. into the box and uh, sort of just hoping for something to happen. Um, I think Gary O'Neill's a little bit more 
sort of tactically aware or some, you know, in regards to trying to play a better brand of football. And so, um, so yeah, it is slightly different. But yeah, going back to that first game of the season, it just feels like years ago. It does feel like years ago, doesn't it? Um, it's a totally different different Villa outfit. It's a totally different Bournemouth outfit, to be fair. Well, but... two, two different managers yeah, in each time. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. In terms of team news then, it was unchanged for Villa. We still named only eight out of nine players on the bench, two goalkeepers. It was pretty pretty standard, wasn't it, on the Villa side of things? I don't think you could change much, really. I know people were talking about maybe Bailey comes out, but who do you replace him with? You yeah. know, you've, we've got Troy Ray, who's kind of like a like-for-like, and you've got Duran, and I'm not sure that he wants to throw Duran in there at the moment. And I think with, with Dendonka being out, as well as Kamara, um, he wasn't going to play Chambers. I don't think he wants to risk it in terms of how we build play up from the back. I don't think he wants to play Chambers. Um, and so we were always going to leave McGinn in that defensive role as well. So options were limited, so I wasn't surprised we went unchanged. On the Bournemouth side of things, then, I don't think they had too many threats. I think the main one for me is Philip Billing. I think previously he's kind of been that player who's quite a defensive midfielder, but he plays sort of just behind the striker these days, doesn't he? I think he's their top scorer, obviously, uh, scored against Liverpool in the previous round. But him, him and Solanke going forward, didn't really cause too many threats, did they? But I did think Billing was 100% the danger man. He was, and um, it's weird when you look at Billing. He's he's, like, he's really big, isn't he? He's really tall, and he's so good on the ball, though. Um, you don't usually see that. Yeah, he didn't. I don't think he caused us major problems yesterday. I don't think it was his best game, but yeah, he, him and him and Solanke, and I think their winger as well had been good. I can't, I can't remember his name, but the number eleven for Otora. I think that it. they signed yeah, him in January, in January from Orient, Yeah, and he's been pretty bright in the last few weeks, and so he was like the one before the game when the team sheets were being read out. He was the one I was thinking, yeah, he he could pose a few problems, but yeah, overall, I think we sort of, I think we sort of dealt with what Bournemouth sort of threw at us. Yeah, it's a weird one with Billing because he he took the corners and he. he like surely you'd want, yeah. you'd think he'd be like an aerial threat, wouldn't you? So it was weird him taking the corners. It was really strange. Yeah. Just a quick one before the game. Then obviously, if you've listened to this podcast previously, you know that I absolutely despise the pre-match playlist. Um, what, what time did you get into Villa Park yesterday? Did you notice anything early. different? You got in there early. I got in there early. Yeah. I think they had a different playlist on. You know, I don't did know. They, did I, they? I didn't but notice. ten to three, Bangarang comes on. I was absolutely fuming. Chris Bud from the uh, My Old Man Said podcast uh, replied uh, to me on Instagram saying that he turned around as soon as that song came on because he sits about 15 rows in front and he saw my face apparently it was a picture honestly if anyone ever sees me in Villa Park when they play that song I absolutely hate it it's so ridiculous and so unbelievably pointless I don't know where it's come from that song though it's come out of nowhere it's like I, I, I don't get it there's so many <laughs> other songs you could pick and songs with like links to Villa but do you know what in terms of the playlist though for me the, the most annoying part was that the team's come out they play the, the walkout music mm. and then they play the Premier League anthem. Just leave it then. Just turn the music off. Yeah. But then they carry on and then the bloke's reading the team out and there's still like musical stuff going on behind it. And then there was a time yesterday just before the game when the fans were trying to sing. Yeah. They were trying, you could hear it. They were trying to sing, but the music was that loud. It yeah. just drowned everything out. And then people talk about the atmosphere at Villa Park, but then fans were trying to do it before the game yesterday. And yet they were, they were drowned out by the music. And I'm not saying turn it off. Like some people are saying turn it off 15, 20 minutes before the game. I'm not saying that. But turn it off just as once you've done the Premier League anthems yeah. and once the teams have all shook hands and all that just turn the music off then there's no need for it um, so that was my biggest bugbear yesterday well I definitely noticed it from where I was sitting obviously I sit um, towards the, the back of the upper hole and normally that's where the majority of the atmosphere comes from and you're right as soon as the, as soon as the players come out you need to stop it because 100% people were trying to start something people can't hear the other people chanting because of this blaring music it's just absolutely pointless and it's the simple things isn't it yeah. like just, just use your brain yeah. just turn that off early get the atmosphere going it's, it's, it's pretty simple stuff isn't it mm. right then the most important segment of the podcast Emery watch notice anything yesterday wasn't it Stone Island he was wearing? it was Stone Island yeah. that, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's not really your thing is it what, what do you reckon I, on that you and I getting the badge in getting the badge in um, getting the badge in uh, 
No, I, I wouldn't wear it. I, I <laughs> but I know what you're going to say. It. He pulls it up. But again, <laughs> he, looked, he looked decent again. Yeah, very good. I like the little three-quarter zippy wears as well. And yeah, the little tie. Yeah, I oh. do like that tie. I've got to say, I do like that sort of... Like, what, a sort claret of, tie? Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> but it's like a deep claret, isn't it? It looks quite like... It's quite nice. It's quite yeah. I, I really do like that sort of color. So yeah, if I was pulling off a suit, if I was gonna, if I was gonna wear a suit, um, which I don't, but if I was gonna wear a suit, I'd be wearing that tie. I quite like it. Right. Let's talk about the uh, the serious stuff. Another early goal for Villa, the tenth one in the first fifteen minutes. That's the most in the league. It's a great habit that is scoring early goals, especially at Villa Park. Great habit to get into. Yeah, and I thought we were really sort of aggressive and direct in that opening uh, ten minutes or so, and um, and I think the goal you see, see sort of Watkins is running at the running at the defence and he tries to get like a shot away and it gets deflected and um and then I've got to say to be fair like it comes to Bailey and I think most people were expecting to shoot or something but he, I think it was quick thinking from Bailey and he used that little turn of pace he's got not convinced about the defending uh, but he did use that turn of pace he's got and um yeah and he, he squared that ball for it uh, you know into back into Louise and uh a good little finish into the net, but uh, yeah, questionable defending. But um, yeah, really, really bright start, and uh, it's exactly what we needed. It starts from Louise, doesn't it? He, he sort of drives about 40, 50 yards and lays it off to Watkins. Watkins obviously has that sort of tendency to drift off to the left hand side, uh, falls to Bailey, like you said, and he does do really well. Louise frees a bird. Louise's third goal of the season, um, obviously, his last goal was at Tottenham away. Do you remember the uh, the other goal this season that he scored? Bit of a uh... quiz for you. I don't, was it? I don't, well, no, I don't remember who was it. It was an away game. In London. Oh, uh, yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal from the, away, from the yeah. corner, wasn't it? I'd forgotten that one because it was a bizarre goal. That sort of, obviously, it came from a corner. Bramsdale should have done better. Sort but... of gone now, that corner thing as well, hasn't it? it I don't know. Towards the end of the game, mm. um, he, he was kind of doing the thing where he's nailing it to the front post on top of the keeper. And to be fair, that's where the third goal yeah. kind of comes from. Yeah, I suppose so. Just mentioned Ollie Watkins there, then peeling out to the left-hand side. Left out the England squad this week. What did you make of that one? Because for me, I, from, from a selfish point of view, I'm not that bothered because he's a Villa player. It means he won't get injured but obviously from his point of view I'm disappointed because he'd love to be in there for his career from a Villa fan's point of view I'm not really too bothered um I'm not I'm not bothered at all I I, I find myself really exasperated by by England and by Gareth Southgate if I'm being honest I find his selections baffling and I'm not even talking about Watkins really I, to be honest with you I even understand the Watkins one because he's picked Ivan Tony he's been in, he's flying as he's well he's been in great form to be fair to him so I get that and obviously Harry Kane's the number one striker for England so the likelihood is Tony or Watkins weren't really aren't going to get a real look in anyway while Harry Kane's there, so I'm not bothered about that. I think it's just other. I think it's just other choices for me though. Like he picks like Conor Gallagher and Calvin Phillips, who hardly play any Mark football. Mark as well, yeah, Palace centre back, yeah, and, and just yeah, like Harry Maguire, who hardly plays any football, and Eric Dyer, who's been absolutely poor. He loves recently. he loves Dyer, doesn't he? And and when Southgate was quizzed about it, like he was quizzed about players. Um, players, sorry, players being picked who who aren't playing football very yeah. much, and his response was, "Well, you've got to pick your best players, haven't you?" Eric, and it's like, well, well, they're, they're not best players, they're not playing for the <laughs> clubs, though. They're not, are they? And so, do you know what? It exasperates me, and so I'm not bothered at all by if if no Villa players are in it because also it's also the the age old thing: a Villa player gets into the England squad, they then get the head turned by yeah, teammates yeah. in the English squad, and they end up leaving Villa. So I'm not even that bothered. I'd, I'd have liked it for Watkins' sake. I would have liked it for him, but. Um, I'm from a Villa selfish from a from a selfish point of view as a Villa fan, I'm not really that bothered. Obviously, no goal for Watkins yesterday, but he's still absolutely flying. The next goal that he does get will be his tenth Premier League goal of the season. He'll be the first player since Christian Benteke just scored ten in three consecutive Premier League seasons. So it's a matter of time, absolute matter of time. Uh, moving on from the uh, the early goal then for Villa, we had a corner, didn't we? We had, we had quite a flurry of corners. Um, nicely worked, Louise to McGinn, short corner, plays it to Ramsey, um, goes over the bar. There was a VAR check, wasn't there, for a handball? Mm. I've seen it back at the time. I didn't notice it, obviously, on miles away in the upper hole. 
It looks like a handball to me. Yeah, it does. I, I thought it was. I thought it was um, when they were checking it. I said it was me, me and my brother said to each other, "I'm sure this is a. I'm sure this is a penalty." And then I've seen it again, and it's it's not as obvious as I probably thought it was when, when you see the replay. I think they're. I think they're trying to say that his 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 arms are sort of close to his body, but I'm still not 100 percent convinced by that. Though it still looked it still looked pretty obvious that it was a handball to me. But I I don't know. It was it was one of them. It didn't really affect us after that, I suppose, mm. but. Um, yeah, it, it, it could have. It, it, it could have been a penalty, yeah. Obviously, I'm not ov- overly bothered because, obviously, in the end of the game, it doesn't matter if you win 3-0, but cliche, you've seen them given. I think it's one of them as well where no Villa players seem to react. Even 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 Ramsey himself didn't even clock it. None of the fans obviously clocked it. So I think it's, it's one of them yeah. where if you surround the referee... Yeah. Probably gets given. Probably yeah. gets given. There wasn't much else going on in that first half, to be honest. It was a fairly quiet game. Um, I think Bournemouth grew into it a little bit. They had quite a bit of the ball, you know, going forward. That winger we talked about already had a lot of the ball. They didn't really cause too many problems. I think that was just down to a lack of quality. They weren't great yesterday, were they, Bournemouth? No, I think Solanke had that one shot, didn't he, which was straight at Martinez. Yeah, and it was a sort of routine save. And then I think the other the other piece of good play that Villa did was that one where um, where Bailey flipped it onto Buendia and the space opened up and he threaded it through to Watkins. Bailey and, winning uh, a header? Yeah, and then Watkins uh, shot it. To be fair, it was a good save actually. Yeah, it, was it was a good save by the keeper, but. Um, yeah, and I think I think that was the I think that was the other main action of the half, really. Moving on to the second half, then it kind of opened up a little bit. I was like I've already mentioned, I thought it was petering out to be sort of similar to the Palace game. Not that I'd really really care about that because it would have turned out to be another three points and a clean sheet. Bournemouth had that free kick, didn't they? Where uh, Martinez made a decent save. But apart from that, if you if we're discounting the last ten minutes, which we'll come on to in a minute, again, not a lot really happened, did it? No, they had the free kick, and that was a it was a good save by Martinez. To be fair, it was a really powerful. Powerful strike, and that was a good save from Martinez. And then they had the other one when Conza sort of fell asleep a little bit, and Solanke got in behind him. Um, too many touches for me. Yeah, too took, many touches. He took too many touches, and then he had Mings breathing down his neck, and Mings uh, came back and made a really sort of good recovery from it. Um, and that sort of typified Tyron Mings's performance yesterday. As I thought he was, I thought he was outstanding. Really, Did, really, good. really outstanding. I thought all of his passes were spot on. Like his recoveries, like he looked quick. He just looks at the moment like he's in the form of his life. And um, yeah, real top performance from from Tyron Mings yesterday. A nice moment as well. Uh, David Brooks coming on for his first appearance in uh, 18 months for Bournemouth. The whole stadium's applauding. It's, it's, it was a really, really nice moment. And fair play to him. It's nice to see him back, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Really good to see him back. And um, I just think about the, the battle he's probably gone through for him and his family over the last... Uh, 12 to 18 months or so and then yeah for all four sides of Villa Park to be on their feet applauding that it was a really really nice moment I'm sure he was quite uh, quite touched by that so we move on to that last 10 minutes then that was uh, substantially more lively Villa started to turn the screw didn't they um, the Ramsey guy you've already mentioned from where you sat you didn't really see it at all did you so no point no. me coming to you on this one <laughs> I don't think I saw hardly any of it to be honest with, you. <laughs> with the Ramsey guy it was weird he got through and I saw him shoot and then I think it was because the keeper sort of parried yeah. it in that's what, what I was expecting. Like the I was expecting like the net to rustle up like the other side, and then I didn't know what had happened, and I saw everyone celebrating. So I joined in the celebrations. Obviously, <laughs> it, it was it was his first goal since that uh, Man United game, Emery's first game. Yeah. So it's nice to see him back on the score sheet. And what I found quite interesting as well is that um, he actually name checked Gerard in his in his post match interview, saying that under Gerard he played quite deep. 
similar to what we've talked about already with McGinn. So it's nice to see him that he's actually recognised that. And it was quite funny to actually name-check Gerrard. But obviously getting forward, you could see how much the goal meant to him as well because he said himself he needs to get forward and score goals. So that was really nice. He's a bit unique, Ramsey. He offers that. He drives at people, doesn't he? And he takes the game to the opposition and mm. that's what he's so good at. But you talk about name-checking the previous manager. I found it funny, actually, because he did that yesterday. But Douglas Louise also did it as did well. Did I yeah. didn't see that. Douglas Louise also did it in an interview with, with Villa TV. And, um, <laughs> and he mentioned about how with the previous manager, um, it was it was it was different to how Emery wants him to play, and how he was saying that Emery likes him to play with a bit more freedom. I mean, it's a bit more fluid in the roles he pops up in, and he feels that he's got more he's got he feels like he's got more freedom to actually get forward and, and and get assists and goals sort of thing, and add that to his game. And so I found that really uh, really really funny. I say that two of our midfielders like sort of name check the previous manager. I thought that was quite funny. Was it Watkins in the week as well? I can't quite remember who it was, but someone said that. Um attacking under Gerard that it was sort of off the cuff obviously we all knew that but it was nice to hear one of the one of the players actually say that I think it was Watkins but obviously now we've got them patterns going yeah. forward I think on the whole yesterday going forward we just look really exciting and I think we're the only Premier League team just scoring every single game since uh, Emery's been appointed really really good that is going forward we look very good which is night and day uh, with what we were seeing under Gerard. yeah and I think what Watkins was saying he was saying that under Gerard, he was coming quite deep to collect the ball and then he wasn't in the right position to score goals then and Emery's sort of made that very simple for him in that we want you as our number nine and so yeah you know running the channels when when the opportunity comes but he doesn't want to he doesn't want him dropping into sort of a midfield role to come and collect the ball because we've got players who can do it yeah you don't need you don't need to do that you just need to be patient and wait for that wait for the opportunity to come and I think that again that sort of advice is sort of just shown how how good that advice has been because Ollie Watkins has 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 followed that advice and all of a sudden he started to add a lot more goals to his game again for us and sometimes football's a bit of a simple game when you think of it like that you're yeah. a striker sort of stay in your position be patient and that's exactly what he's doing at the moment and you just do you know what with Ali Watkins he just looks confident though as well yeah. and I think about that shot he had like towards the end where he ran through and um, and it was a really tight angle and he, and he forced the keeper to a really good save yeah. and, and I think about what, what would Watkins' shot have been like back in September, October time if he'd been given that opportunity and I just think he looks like he's in a real sort of, he's really confident and he's, and he's got that confidence to go out there and be our number nine at the moment and yeah, it's so good to see. Obviously, he got that assist for the Ramsey goal, didn't he? With a with a nice headed head, header mm. down to Ramsey. His goal contribution record is fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, he had that ridiculous one with goals, but it's assist as well. He seems like he's he's obviously massively involved, and like you said, the confidence is absolutely flowing. I would have loved to have seen. Um, obviously that shot he had that Neto made a decent save go in but again absolutely brilliant yesterday Ollie Watkins if anyone's actually watched the Villa on Tour video yesterday you'll know that I really wanted it to be 3-0 I don't know if you've seen it side, but um, I asked my mate Jamie who I sit next to at the football what he thought the score was going to be and whatever he said I'd put a fiver on he said 3-0 I put a fiver on it so after that second goal from Ramsey I really wanted it to be 3-0 and obviously we had that disallowed goal didn't we um, I, from where I sat obviously high in the upper hole I kind of saw that it went out but I didn't quite know but obviously the ball was in the back of the net there are rules out probably taking longer than it probably should and we get a corner from it but that third goal was coming wasn't it because that 10 minutes it, it was relentless and Bournemouth couldn't get out of their own box it was it was relentless and I think it was the best sort of 10-15 minute spell I've seen Villa play for a very long time but I think the 3-0 prediction was quite a um was quite a popular one yesterday because I was talking to the to the lady that sits next to me Jean and she even she said even she said it's gonna be free now it's gonna be free now today <laughs> she was talking about she was talking to somebody up in, in on, on the way down and she was talking about free now so yeah quite a popular <laughs> prediction yesterday but we needed that third goal and I think it was it was coming but I just think our overall passage of play for that 10 
15 minute period was was really really you can tell the confidence yeah, yeah. confidence we, was flowing we hardly lost the ball for that period we hardly lost the ball and um i think you heard emery talk it was, it was key actually because emery was talking about it in the in his post match interview about how you know he felt that period he kept talking about the fans he kept talking about how that that really helped connect with the supporters in that final 10 minutes and it did really because we were relentless it was just it just felt like wave after wave after wave of villa attack and we just weren't losing the ball we were just holding on to it looked so comfortable on the ball and um it feels weird. It feels weird for a Villa side to to have so much possession of the football and look so comfortable with it. It feels so good, though, doesn't it? That we that we lining up and controlling football matches to our own pace, and we'll slow it down when we need to, and we'll speed it up when we need to, and we look really comfortable in doing so. And the I was watching match of the day last night, and um, Dion Dublin focused on that as well in regards to just how comfortable we look in possession all of a sudden, and that that's that's massive. That is when you think about it, he hasn't Emery hasn't been able to bring many players in at the moment. He's only brought a left back in and. and the young striker is on the bench. This is the same group of players who yeah. we were sort of staring down the barrel back in October. We were looking yeah. at thinking we're going to be in a relegation battle this year, and then all of a sudden, a few months later, we're on thirty-eight points, and we're looking like a totally different team who's like this comfortable with the football and looks like we're going to score every time we come forward. And so, a massive credit to the manager and his coaching staff because, and the players though, again because the players. I've turned into sort of a sort of semi sort of consistent team. We haven't been like that for a very very long time, and so you know you, you they're churning out sort of seven or eight out of ten performances mm. like every single week. Quite a few of them now, and it's and it, and it's and it's what you need. It's what you need to be successful, and it's what will turn you from being a sort of lower mid table club into that sort of challenging for Europe. Which at the moment we feel like we are sort of doing. It feels like whenever Villa fans talk about what we need to improve on in the last couple of months and last couple of years, to be honest, everybody keeps talking about that consistency. And I know we say, you know, we had that run of three defeats against decent sides, apart from that Leicester game. Um, but it feels like we've sort of got that consistency, doesn't it? Like even even within games and players are being consistent. McGinn isn't just having one excellent game and then him sort of disappearing again. For example, a lot of players and as a team, we look consistent now. And I know it's only a short spell, but it's really, really encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, and it's and it's because the thing is, it's consistency game to game, but also it's consistency during a game for me as well at the moment. And like you saw it with, I think it was Moreno was was the one for me yesterday. Was yeah. that he was up and down that wing constantly in that game yesterday, and yet in the ninety first, ninety second minute, he was still there, like dribbling the ball into the box, like attacking wise yesterday. And um, and again, I think that just sort of summed up how how Emery's got a Villa performing, and I think we look a lot fitter as well. And I think that's the other thing as well. Like we don't, he doesn't feel like we run out of steam anymore. Like on on occasions in the Gerrard, I'm thinking back to like the end of like last season when you know we we had like decent spells. Like I think about that Man City game away on the last day of the season when we were very good for like an hour. And then we just ran out of steam for that final 30. And that used to happen quite a lot. But yeah. it feels like, and no one's really talking about it at the moment, but it feels like we've upped our fitness levels as well to a point where we, we're we just relentless and we'll keep on, keep on going constantly. Um, and again, we, always, we always had like a 45 minutes, yeah, didn't we? And that was yeah. a bit of a joke, wasn't it? Like we always yeah. had a 45 minutes and then we disappear again. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think I've said it before, but like being a fullback in, in the system, like it, it's probably quite tough to yeah, do that. Yeah. And it's why you... you you see the substitutions quite often with like Dean and Ashley Young coming on, but I thought Moreno and Cash yesterday were absolutely outstanding, like getting up and down the pitch and yeah, like so like late on in the game, we were still sort of still sort of attacking using our left back. I thought it was really good. Moreno is an absolute breath of fresh air, isn't he? I think defensively, 
you know, he's okay, he does the job, but going forward, he's a diff- absolute different level and he loves it, Moreno. Like, the amount of times yesterday he turned to the halt and say, like, come on, come on, like, waving his arms about, like, getting up for it. Even after the game, he was absolutely loving it, but I thought he was fantastic. And Matty Cash as well. For me, probably man of the match. And we've talked about it previously, about Matty Cash saying, you know, when, when he was out of the side after the World Cup, Ashley Young was, was playing week in, week out, and Ashley Young was being fantastic, keeping the shirt. We were saying, you know, question marks over Matty Cash. Playing, playing pretty averagely, you know, his end product isn't great. But yesterday, I thought it was absolutely incredible, Matty Cash. I think the key thing was for Cash, I think, obviously, Ashley Young was playing well, and this is, that's not, you know, we're not criticising Ashley Young whatsoever, but I feel like for the longevity of the football club, in terms of what you want to do with Cash, whether you want to sell him and if you want to recoup some money, he needs to be playing, though. He needs to be playing yeah. well to, for us to do that. Or if you want to keep him and he'd be our right back going forward, we had to get him back into the side somehow um, and sort of persevere with him. And so I can see why Emery's done that. Like at the time, Ashley Young was playing well, but I can see, but Ashley Young, you've got to look at it. Ashley Young's 37, 38. He's not, he's not going to be the future of Aston Villa, but Matty Cash could be, or Matty Cash's sort of um, funds that that, uh, that 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 we'd sell him for could be. Um, and so that's why we had to get him back in the team. And, um, and I think, it took. It's taken him a few games. It has taken him a few games, definitely to get back there. But uh, his levels yesterday were were really outstanding. And if that's the sort of performance he can churn out on a on a consistent basis, then Villa might not have to go and have a look at another right back because he's a top player still. We all mm. know he's a top player. He's an international player now as well. Like every, he starts every game for Poland, and so he's not a bad player. And so I think if he can keep up that the, the form he's in, he was he was, he was exceptional yesterday. And so. If you can keep that up, then I don't think I don't think there'll be any need for Villa to to, to go out and have a look at a right back. To be honest, I think with a three 0 scoreline, people will focus on the attackers. And don't get me wrong, we were we were good on the whole going forward yesterday, obviously. But we've talked about Moreno, we've talked about Cash, Mings, and Concer again. We weren't challenged massively throughout the game. Bournemouth didn't give us a lot to work with. The quality wasn't there for them. But again, we got over the line. We didn't switch off. Sometimes when we don't have a lot to deal with and you know the opposition don't create loads of chances, we do lack a bit of concentration. That Leicester game at home, for example, mistake after mistake after mistake. Those four, those four goals we conceded that day were all horrendous. But it's nice to see a game at home where we were just absolutely comfortable, composed, defensively fantastic yesterday. Yeah, very calm on the ball as well, linking the defence into midfield. Very calm doing it yesterday. There was no sort of real... Um, jitters from anybody in, in the defence. Um, as I've already said, Mings was colossal yesterday. Absolutely everything, everything thrown at him, he got right yesterday. Well, apart from he should have scored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, scored but, defen- but defensively, yeah, 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 defensively, and um, he was, he was, he was marvellous. And um, and uh, I think there was a couple of times when Konza got caught a little bit on with a ball in, in in behind him. But overall, I think against teams like that as well, it was the same, similar last week against West Ham, really. The amount of balls that get lumped into the box, and yesterday Mings and Konza dealt with every single one of them, exactly the same as what it was like last week as well. And so, yeah, big credits to defenders at the moment because again, we've only conceded what is it one in the last four, one in the last four, isn't it? And it was a penalty. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, you know we we went we were talking about we needed to tighten up after conceding four against Leicester, three against City, and then four against Arsenal. And that's exactly what we've done. We conceded one goal in the last in the last four games, and that was and that was a penalty. Um. A, dubious penalty at that as well and so you know fair play to the defence because they have tightened up um, and yeah Mings and Mings and Cons at the moment are sort of yeah performing at a really high level and uh, and it's good because we've got Carlos now breathing down, breathing down the next as well on the bench and um and that, and that really helps. That competition's really healthy. And uh, yeah, it feels like a really good place defensively at the moment. What did you make of um, the playing out from the back? Because a couple of times this week, I've seen it mentioned from the, from the players and the staff side that they want people, the fans at Villa Park, to sort of calm down a little bit. Because we all know that 
at Villa Park, we, we've done it a couple of times. We're like to the fans, like, calm down. This is the way Emery's going to play. He's, he's going to do this. This is a new manager with a new system. He's going to do this. And the players need to get used to it. Ramsey, I think, in one of the interviews at the um, the new training complex just outside Villa Park, um, he was saying, we, we want the fans to calm down a little bit. And I was listening to the, the Mild Man Said podcast and they were at Bodymore here for one of the fan consultation groups. Um, and they were speaking to the staff, apparently, and the staff were saying it as well. And I think it was good yesterday because we, we didn't make any mistakes and we looked calm doing it. I just think over time, we've said it before, we need to get used to it because it's a new brand of football that Emery wants to play and we need to get used to it. Yeah, I saw that from Wild Man said who yeah, said it was um Austin McPhee and uh, Pat Curry yesterday, the assistant manager. Yeah. And that's quite key, isn't it? If they're noticing it and they're saying it, that's really it's, it's that's gonna make really a big key. difference to the players. The one the one thing I would say though, I think I think on a whole, Villa Park was better for that yesterday. I yeah, really do think it was it better. Was. There was a there, there was the odd there was the odd groan around me, there was. Um and I, you're not gonna get rid of all of it, of course, you're not. But do you know what? On the whole yesterday, I thought it was a lot better. Like a lot of applause when 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 we were past appreciation, the round, yeah, appreciation yeah. of the football we were playing. And um, the thing is, the way you got to look at it is that this isn't going anywhere. It's not going away anywhere. This is how Unai Emery wants to play. And if you look at every goal Villa have scored in the last two months, mm. nearly every single one of them have come from playing it out from We've the back. We've scored some great goals. We have. We have. The football we're playing is excellent. And I get it. Sometimes people think it's a little bit tedious when we slow the game down. But there's a reason why we're slowing the game down, though. Um, and it's and it's to force the other, it's to force the opposition to come on to us a little bit because that's when because that's when we can hit them and that's when we can hurt teams. West Ham um, was a prime example, by exactly, the way. exactly. And it felt like a little bit, you know, I get it. It's a little people think it's a little bit tedious, it's a bit slow. But again, people got to realise that football you can't play ninety minutes at hundred percent pace mm. all the time. You, because if you do, you end up in a basketball match and then you end up losing a game like against Leicester Conceding or against goals. Arsenal. Yeah. You can see goals if you do that, and yeah, and that, that and that's what it. I'd rather us control it, control the pace of the game. Game and you end up on the sort of winning side or at least taking something from the game and that's what we're doing at the moment but I think on the whole Villa Park is getting used to it I do and I think I, I noticed that yesterday I noticed that people were a lot more patient a lot more appreciative of the football mm. we're playing um, and so I hope that continues I thought it was I thought fair place to Villa Faithful there they're sort of listening so that, that was really good it was good um, it should have been three earlier than it was we've already touched on it the Ming's chance it feels like it, he took absolutely ages it just felt like that ball across from concert which is a really good cutback by the way it took a lot longer than it probably should have Ming's should have made it three he hasn't scored all season would have been nice if he uh, if he scored there I can't believe he missed it. I can't believe he missed it. It was such a good chat. And you know what? He, he struck the ball so well as well. It was one of them ones that if he doesn't strike it so well, it yeah. usually like rolls into the net anyway. But again, um, again though, that was really nice yeah, football. Bertrand Traore to, to Konsu has the composure to cut it back. It's a great move. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Traore did really well. Traore did really well on that one, to be fair. And uh, yeah, it would have been great when it Konsu to Mings. Konsu assists. He's oh, two yeah. centre-halves and Mings goal. Back to but, front. Yeah, I'd have loved that against his old club as well. Mings yeah. deserves it at the moment. He's playing so well. He sort of deserves that goal as well. So, yeah, gutted it didn't go in. I can't believe he hasn't scored all season. I've said it many times before. He should score more goals than he should. Yeah. I don't know. Like We never seem to score a corner header goal. We never, I say that. I mean, we did it with, with the third goal. But it feels like we don't do that enough, though, especially with the centre-backs. For me, they don't, they don't. obviously, it doesn't really matter. But I'd love them to score more goals. Yeah, and Mings is, you're right. Mings has got that stature as well that you would, you'd you'd think he could as well. Mm. Um but yeah, I was gutted he didn't go in. I felt like he really deserved it as well. We had that flurry towards the end. We had the flurry of corners as well. And the third goal obviously comes from that. And you've already said to me, off air, that you thought it was Mings that scored. Yeah, I was yeah. right next to it. I thought it was Mings yeah. that scored as well. Obviously, it's Buendia with another header. He absolutely loves headers. And that 100% wraps the game up and wraps up my bet as well. Happy days. Yeah, he's like that fox in the boxes, and he's like. But I don't think Buendia was like. He's, I don't think it was his best game yesterday. He gave no. the ball away a fair bit, but. 
he's one of them players though that he still pops up around the box and he and he'll he'll pop up with an assist or a goal and um and fair play to him, you know, for that. And um, yeah, but I thought it was Mings who put it in. Mm. That's all I could see from from where it went in too quick again. Yeah. Um, and it, <laughs> and it, I thought it was definitely Mings who got it. But then obviously other replay. I saw Brendan wheeling away. I was like, oh, it must have been Brendan actually. Yeah, a nice call. And Louise put it into that sort of like in 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 that danger zone. And Mings with a good flick on. I think he was probably going for goal himself. To be fair, but a good flick on. And then yeah, Brendan is there at the, at the right time to wrap up a really good win. It's nice to see that. In terms of that midfield, we're not really struggling too much without Kamara. Um, I was always worried that McGinn dropping back would look, take something away going forward. But it's nice to see that Bailey, Buendia, uh, Ramsey, Watkins, they were good going forward yesterday. McGinn actually did get involved. Louise, I thought we got forward quite a bit yesterday, obviously, with with his with his goal. But it's nice to see we're not really struggling with Kamara. Obviously, the injury doesn't seem as bad as we first thought. Might be back for Chelsea. But, it, but it's good, that is, isn't it? Yeah, I thought we'd really miss him, especially with Dendonka being out as well. I was a little bit... Mm. Well, I, I get why Emery's done it with Megan because I don't think... With, with us playing out from the back, I think it's a bit of a risk playing Chambers because obviously he's not that comfortable on the ball. Um, I think the one thing I was worried about with McGinn, obviously I, I was a, a big believer in not playing him in that holding midfield role previously because he just didn't look comfortable there. He didn't impact the game at all. I think the one change though, the one amendment to to how he used to play in that defensive midfield role under Dean Smith and Gerrard is that they give him a lot more freedom and a, a lot more freedom to roam around and get into attacking positions. And because so, there's a plan. Yeah, it's yeah. not just off the cuff. Exactly. There's a plan. Exactly. And so... Even though McGinn's playing as the number six, he's able to get forward into that sort of number eight role, into that number ten role, mm. um, and impact going forward as well. But I just think, just a word on John McGinn's form at the moment because he's just he's just exemplifying exactly what we want out, out of out of a player at the moment. He's just eight out of ten every single week at the moment, and like he's just in such good form, and and he's also leading as a captain at the moment yes. as well for me. And I think I think that's the key change as well because people are talking about has he got the credentials to be a captain. Is he vocal enough on the field? But if you're looking at him at the moment, he feels like he's really taking on that sort of captain's role at the moment. And like he's settled into that role a little bit. And at the moment, he's like first name on the team sheet for yeah. me at the moment. He's playing so well. And I'm so pleased because we know what a good footballer he is. We've said it for so long. Mm. And he was stunted a little bit under under the previous manager and probably a little bit under Smith towards the end as well when he was playing in that defensive role. I think he was, he was just totally stunted um, and he hadn't been in good form. But it's so good to see that He's, he's showing his worth and showing what a valuable player he is to, to Villa. No, he's so good to watch. And he's got a bit of everything, hasn't he? He absolutely has going forward and breaking up the play as well and made a number of absolutely brilliant tackles yesterday. My personal favourite was him bodying Philip Billing yeah, as well, which yeah. on paper doesn't seem like it's easy to do, but fair play to him. Nearly got an assist with that Watkins chance at the end, didn't he? Quick free kick, really clever. It's an absolute joy to watch. And I've said it previously, nearly 50 games without a goal now. I just really want yeah, to see him again goal. Yeah. The next time he scores, I'll be absolutely loving it. But it, it's just been fun. Far too long for John McGinn. Here's a stat for you then. Since Emery came in on November the 1st, Villa are sixth in the form guide above sides like Fulham, Tottenham, Newcastle, Brighton, Chelsea. It's incredible form, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. We are flying. I think it's been remarkable. It's the And I think it's from where we were as well. When you think about where we were, like 17th when he came in and uh, on level points with 18. And where we were in terms of performances, we were a really disjointed side, not knowing what our best 11 was. Chopping and changing every single week, had no sort of plan, no sort of idea. Um, and what he's done is nothing short of incredible, if I'm being honest. And you look at the the defeats he's had; we've only lost to Arsenal, City, Liverpool, and uh, Leicester, isn't it? And I think that is mad when you think about that. That is absolutely mad. Um, and he's brought, like I say earlier, he's brought that level of consistency to to it. 
Uh, the players are definitely on side with it. They're, they're they're executing his tactics perfectly. It's just a joy to it's a real joy to watch. It's a joy to know that we've got a manager there who he works sort of day and night to make sure that we are winning football matches and that we're going to be successful. It just feels like we're in good hands, doesn't it? And yeah. and do you know what? Like every and I always say this now. Every time a team sheet comes out at two o'clock. I'm never that even that bothered to check it anymore. It's the trust, you. the trust because is you there, just trust, you just trust the manager. Like before, it was always you know you were studying the team line up and well, thinking, what's the plan? Thinking, what's, what's, the plan? He, what's he doing there? Why is he changed this? And why has he brought this player in? But now Emery could do anything. So I wouldn't be bothered. <laughs> like you could put John McGinn at left back. And honestly, wouldn't, <laughs> there's honestly, a plan. <laughs> I honestly, wouldn't, I wouldn't care anymore. I think you know what? I trust the manager. I trust. I trust this. You look at him and you think. He's the you know he's the sort of he's the sort of most well sort of respected in terms of like his honours that he's won mm. most well you know respected and, and and winning manager that we probably ever had at Aston Villa and so it is that level that we were talking about fans earlier on like trusting in Harry playing out from the back and we've got to trust the manager and and I know it's a bit of a cliche response to trust the process you know people say oh you know it's a little bit of a cliched remark but it is true though it's absolutely true and just a hundred percent trust in him I just think he's he's got it right clearly evidently what we've seen on the pitch and the, how exciting is it is that this is without him bringing in any acquisitions really apart from yeah. a left back and a yeah, yeah, striker yeah. again this is without any acquisitions whatsoever we've got a very small squad the, and and the, this is the work he's already doing with, with the players that he's inherited and so i just think about the future and just think if he can you know bring some of his own players in and and um and, and yeah you, you just think what is the future going to look like because at the moment, it just looks like we're only going one way, and that's all. When Gerard got sacked, we knew that there was a good squad of players here, didn't we? We knew that we had a very, very, very good squad. And, you know, Emery comes in and he's got the tools there. But like you said, he hasn't made... Obviously, every manager's got their favourites and wants to bring in, you know, a few players that suit their system, like he's already done with Moreno. It's a small change. But that's the sort of player he wants. So for him to get, you know, these many decent results out of a squad of players who we had no idea about before he came, absolutely incredible. I think we're kind of going under the radar as well in terms of the, the, the wider football media as well I think because we've been in 11th for so long we are going under the radar um with the same amount of points away from fourth as we are to Crystal Palace literally the place below us so we are doing very very well despite the fact that we we've been in 11th for what seems like absolutely ages well we've been in 11th for ages to be fair because of the good form of the teams above us as well though I mean you've got to remember that Fulham have had a, an absolute brilliant season they're sort of dropping off recently but they've been brilliant and you look at Brentford and they they went 13 games unbeaten which was absolutely crazy and then Brighton have just been absolutely unbelievable as well and so we're 11th because of the good form of the teams above us it's a, it's, you know that's how it is it's a super competitive Premier yeah, League this season it is. isn't it it is and uh, but I think the thing about you, we think about what you just mentioned there about that we know that these these were a good squad of players even under Gerrard the main thing for me though is that we don't talk about this much anymore but under Gerrard we used to talk about how unbalanced we were because obviously Gerrard sold off all of our wingers and, yeah. and we, we never looked like a balanced squad like we were too like, heavy in certain positions and light in other positions we're not talking about that anymore and it's because Emery's come in and he's found he's found he's found a, the right system he wants to play and sometimes you could say that players are playing out of position I suppose under Emery you could say that yeah. when you've got like like a midfield like McGinn or Ramsey sort Ramsey of like the right. Wise, yeah. yeah you could say that but because of his system and how fluid the system is, it just works, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, it's been a remarkable turnaround, and um, I'm just so pleased that we seem to be focused like on 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 our game. We're not sort of on the beach as, as some pundits w- w- want you to believe. Mm-hmm. I heard some 
I heard something absolutely ridiculous yesterday on I think it was yeah, it was on talk I was on Talk Sport shock. Um <laughs> but yeah, on Talk Sport when they were saying, Oh yeah, Villa, you know, Villa on the beach now, you know, and I was thinking like, Are you even watching us? They and don't they, they there, don't know anything, do they? There was a no, they don't and there was a comment from Sam Matterface on Talk Sport yesterday and he was he was saying that he hadn't seen much improvements in Villa since Emery took over from Gerard. <laughs> and I thought I, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, and I thought <laughs> How can you be a football pundit if that's what you're saying? I mean, you only have to look at what you don't have to watch Villa to, to see the differences. And then, even if you don't watch Villa, go and have a look at the league table on the form guide, and then it will tell you all you need to know. And so, just really, really weak sort of punditry that is. And um, and yeah, and it's just all that sort of background noise that you try and block out because you just think you know we've got the right manager here, we're in really good form, um, and and I'm sure we're going to kick on even further. Well, we're only one point behind Fulham. We talk about how they've had a great season and they really, really have. We're only one point behind them now. Still got them to play. Brentford to play, who are flying, by the way. I say Villa are sixth since Emery's come in. Brentford are third. So they're absolutely flying. They're absolutely unbelievable. Fair play to them. Still got them to play. Obviously, Brighton at home as well. So the likelihood is we won't get Europe, but it's great to be looking up and chasing, isn't it? Because we're absolutely flying at this point and it's nice to be chasing. Really, really nice. It is. And some people are saying that it wouldn't be good for Villa to finish in Europe this season. And then that's the, the thing I'd say about that is that you know you cross that bridge when it comes. I don't think there's any good looking like that far ahead. Really, you, you you have to just you have to just see where you end up. I I don't think we'll finish in Europe because of the teams, the form of the teams in front of us, like the likes of Brighton and Chelsea seem to have regained. I know they drew yesterday, but Chelsea seem to have regained like a little bit of um, momentum. And so I, I I don't think we'll finish in Europe. But with this at this point of the season, it just feels with with the chaos of what's below us as well in terms of the relegation battle. Um, it just feels like so good that we are we are looking upwards in terms of you know consolidating in mid table or pushing up into like an eighth ninth sort of position in the league and that that just feels really really good because you can't underestimate that because Villa haven't finished in the top half of the league since um, season twenty ten eleven it was under uh, Gerard Houllier or Gary McAllister at the end of the season and so if Villa could do that then you've got to put it down as um, as a positive season to progress but also progress after us staring down the barrel for, yeah. for for a fair bit of time at the start of the season so. Yeah, remarkable really. I'm 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 really, really happy. It is remarkable. And next up then, Chelsea away. Been there a couple of times. We've lost every single time. They haven't been what they have uh, what we're used to seeing from Chelsea this season. They have picked up a bit of form recently, obviously knocking uh, Dortmund out of the Champions League. So they are a better side. Drew with uh, Everton at the weekend, of course. It's a big game, that is, and if we can get a decent result there, I'd be absolutely loving it. It's gonna be tough, but I'd love a result there. It'll be tough, but how how we are away from home, I think I don't think you go there with much fear. If I'm being honest, you don't with fear you. anyone at this point at you, all. You, you, you go out there, you play your own game in, in how we do, and I think we've got a chance of getting something, whether that's a point or a win. But um, no fear whatsoever, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a, the mid table clash, Chelsea versus Villa. <laughs> it sounds weird saying that, doesn't it? But um, it's a huge, it is a huge game because um, it, if you could somehow get a three point three points at Stamford Bridge, it. You know, you leapfrog Chelsea, you go three points ahead of Chelsea, and then you you are sort of then closing in. You're sort of thinking, right, if we just stay consistent, which is a, not an easy ask, but if you stay consistent till the end of the season, you're going to finish top half. So, yeah, big game. Obviously, we've got the international break now, but mm. um, yeah, a really big game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, huge game. And then after that midweek, we've got Leicester away, then Forest at home. But to be fair, the end of the season, it's pretty tough, isn't it? But at this point, you relish those games, go into Old Trafford. Uh, we've got Wolves to go to, which we never seem to win there. Tottenham, Liverpool, Brighton. So Brentford as well included. It's a difficult end of the season. But like we've said, we don't really fear anyone at this point. So it's yeah. going to be an interesting end for sure. Yeah, the, the thing I'd say, I'd flip it round and say, think about what the other clubs are thinking about facing us. And exactly. they'd be thinking exactly the same, that, this is a tough game. It's a tough Aston Villa side to play against. We don't really want to play these lot at the moment. 
Um, and so it is tough on paper when you look at it, Man U, Liverpool, Spurs, Brighton, etc. But I don't think we're an easy side to play against. And I don't think anybody wants to play us at the moment. And so, yeah, long may it continue. I think um, I think we're really on the right tracks. Um, and it, yeah, it just feels so good. Yeah, it just seems to have taken it up a level, haven't we? And it's nice to see that we've got someone in the dugout who can kind of be the catalyst to that in terms of... We've talked about it before. We've, we've said a million times with players like John McGinn, Ollie Watkins, we know they've got, you know, another couple of gears to go through. And we're seeing it at this point. And they probably have got another couple of gears, which, which is great to see. So absolutely flying at the moment and absolutely loving it. A bit of admin then. Quick shout out to Cam Archery. Scored another couple of goals yesterday uh, for Middlesbrough against Preston. Both sets of fans applauding him at the Riverside yesterday. Fair play to that boy. Absolutely flying again. Yeah, he's bang. He's absolutely banging them in. I was actually th- I was thinking, about it, I was thinking about it last night when I heard that he'd scored the two goals. And I was thinking like, I know I keep saying I'm not the podcast. I don't know where he's going to fit in. And, and you feel like he's, he's going to be one that you know, Villa might end up trying to get a bit of money for, but when you see him in the form he's in, you think, God, we need to try and get him in. Find a way. Find a way. We'll try and get him in and around it at least. But um, who knows? I'm sure the manager will have a have a plan. I'm sure he'll 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 see what's what Archer's doing for Middlesbrough. And uh, but yeah, fair play to him because um, yeah, he's he's firing on all cylinders, and I'd love Middlesbrough to do it. I genuinely would love Middlesbrough to to overtake Sheffield United and stuff of that league and, and get off. I, I would just. I just love it. I think uh, I, I don't mind Middlesbrough. I think they're a decent sort of size club kind of thing, and we're all, like, we always win there as well. <laughs> yeah, we do. And so I think for me, growing up, like Middlesbrough were always like a always like a Premier League club. Anyway, yeah. when I was growing up in, the, in like the in like the late nineties, like early sort of two thousand sort of period, they were always a Premier League club. So for me, like. I wouldn't mind seeing Middlesbrough back up there, and I think it's a it's a decent little away day as well. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't mind. No, it's a mission, an absolute absolute mission. We've been yeah. there what three times, four was it four times in the championship with the playoffs included. Mm. Um, it's 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 a really good away day. Obviously, it takes ages to get there, but it's a good away day. It'd be nice to see them back in the Premier League. It feels like they're sort of similar to us when we got promoted. They had a bit of a slow start. Carrick, uh, Michael Carrick comes in and they are absolutely flying and they, they might not catch Sheffield United but in the playoffs you probably fancy them that reminds me we're going to uh, Bristol City aren't we <laughs> I think around Easter time to so watch Middlesbrough so hopefully Cam Archer starts that day and bags another couple of goals that'd be nice wouldn't it yeah and also let's hope Rams he didn't start yesterday he was on the bench he came on he came on for Archer yesterday uh, actually yesterday but yeah hopefully both of them get a start Archer and Rams it feels like we're on a little bit of a scouting mission we might have yes. to report our findings back to Unai Emery <laughs> and his coaching staff ahead of pre-season but yeah it'll be good that one I'm looking forward to it yeah it should be good that and that's a nice place to end the podcast so thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Villa on Tour podcast it is massively appreciated me and Simon have been sat on the floor of his living room for nearly an hour now he's literally on his back uh, stretching out so uh, there's a little bit of behind the scenes to the end of the podcast there but again thank you so much for listening please do subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to subscribe on the YouTube and we shall see you next time. Up the villa. Up the villa.